0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. This is your host, Ken Lane. Talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, and wow, it finally turned fall. Now autumn is officially starts this this week, so this coming week, and so you're starting to feel that chill, at least in the evening. Now I've not relit my fireplaces, I've not turned on the floor heating or done all that winter stuff you do. Haven't wrapped my faucets or my hose bibs or turned on the heat tape in the well house. I haven't done any of that. I'll do that in October. First of November, you've got plenty of time. We're notorious for doing this—the seventy-degree stuff, forty at night. You folks in the higher elevation, you're flirting with thirties. Uh, not frost yet, but it just feels like autumn is in the air. It will—it'll do this for a while, then it'll go right back to. Summer, it'll be back in the 80s or 90s or whatever. So we just do this back and forth from, oh, it's so nice to, oh, I'm tired of summer. Oh, it's nice. Oh, I'm tired of summer. Uh, your plants love it though. Uh, we just had a load of of chase trees or vitex. This is a classic native plant for the mountains of Arizona. It's a shrub that grows above head high, maybe 10 feet tall, but it has blue spiked flowers all over it. We just got a new load. They're five-gallon size. They're probably, I don't know, hip high, four four feet tall or so. Uh, Anyway, they're they're in full bloom. The Painted Ladies, the butterflies, uh, with a little tiny, small orange butterfly, about half the size of a swallowtail or monarch. Just stunning. They were all over this plant. The plants will go into bloom right now and stay blooming because it's so cool. Whereas in the summer... They flash out, they bloom in the morning, and then by in the evening they're like, I'm done, it's just too hot. You can't water me enough. And so now you can your your autumn sage uh, or salvia greggii, it is called autumn sage for a reason. It's been in bloom all summer and it loves the heat. It's it thrives. No javelina, deer, rabbits, nothing eats it. It's just a great little plant, grows up just below hip high or so. Uh, rounded ball, ball shape. The most famous is red, but it comes in tangerine and pinks and whites. comes in a variety of color. It's a great mountain plant, but it gets its name because it's so famous in the autumn. So autumn sage. This is when it goes into bloom. It's all because of that heat effect, like I just mentioned. It's now it goes into bloom. It just keeps blooming. It'll hold that flower for a month. It's ridiculous. Whereas in the summer, it holds it for two days. So it's got flowers. It's always throwing flowers on, but they aren't staying on. So right now you're seeing these autumn sages, uh, Russian sage. Uh, you're starting to see bloom, and then it stays in bloom, and then more flowers come on top of that. And so you get, it just has this unbelievable show, and it'll continue doing that until about November. So you got a month and a half of just unbelievable show. This is another reason why it's so good to plant in the autumn. So this is a great time to put a, be putting in those shrubs and trees because they root out the same way. They can root and put all of their energy into rooting. So you'll get more root structure growth this time of year than you will in the summer. In the summer, they're just hot. They're trying to survive and you didn't quite water them enough and they're struggling. They have burned off some leaves. Now they don't have enough foliage because they're they're stressed and they can't create the photosynthesis to create the roots. You don't have any of that right now. So, for you've got two months, at least almost three months of really strong root growth on a lot of your plants. If you're doing wildflowers uh, like echinaceas and galardias and poppies and uh, all your uh, autumn joy sedums, these things do the same thing. They bloom really well, but then because of the autumn, uh, the d- shorter days will start to set uh, seed heads. So this is the time you put your wildflowers in, those native drought-hardy perennials that come back every year. You put those in, they go into seed, and you'll have more flowers, more wildflowers coming up in the yard next spring because you planted them now in the fall, and they're just rooting and setting seed, rooting, setting seed. They'll they'll throw those seed off, and then you'll have more plants coming up. This is really good for you folks that live on top of a hillside. You want to try to have some of those flowers spill down that hillside with with wild drifts of wildflowers or a meadow where you just want you know, you know the native grasses are coming up but you want more of those wildflowers to spread through that meadow that backyard patch just kind of fill in better. Now this is the time that you really take advantage. It's a, it's another growing season. Uh that's that's almost easier to grow than it is in the spring. Spring is more popular because of the choices, and quite frankly, most of the gardeners, we're, we're pent up too much in winter. We're just going, I just want to get out, get my hands dirty. I'm tired of all the sticks in the yard. I need some more evergreens, some flowers. So they, they come out of the front door and they just rush to the garden center and there's a lot of choices. But quite honestly, you, you, you have better success by planting now, as long as you water through winter. Now, if you've got a HOA, that, I mean, I just heard this twice this week. It's ridiculous. Um, my HOA turns off our water in October and they won't turn it back on until May of next year. An HOA, their job is to save money on water, on labor, on maintenance. On, so they get rid of all the water as best they can. So they don't want a freezing pipe. They don't want, but they don't watch after the plants or watching after the water system or the water bill. And so you might have to, if you're planting a brand new um, chase tree I mentioned, it's a beautiful drought-hardy tree, but it's not rooted yet, not complete. It takes two seasons to get that root structure out far enough where it can just go by itself. So it's going to be dependent on you through winter. You Maybe you need to go out by hand, water the thing, and that's okay. That's probably advisable. So go ahead and just give it, give it a little bit of water through winter, and it'll come through next spring and just take off, It's especially true if you're going to plant a spruce, a maple, a new fruit tree. This is really plays out well for that. Uh, what you'll also find at your garden centers, at least in the mountains of Arizona, not so much the deserts, but up in the mountains, what will happen is we are in this full phase. We are we are stocking up and bringing in plants, a lot of plants. Because we need to bring those all in and merchandise them all out. And it has to be an entire winter supply. So we, the computers are telling us, you're going to need you know 38 um, uh, spruce trees. You're going to need, need 42 pine trees. You're going to need uh, uh, so many manzanitas. It's, they're telling us how much we need to order. We bring those things in now. This is whether it's Flagstaff, White Mountains, Payson, wherever. If you get a chill or frost line, if you get get cold winters, you're bringing your plants in now so that you can acclimate or have them transition. Get used to your cold cycle so the maples will turn color when all the other maples turn color. So your nandina or heavenly bamboo will turn that beautiful red color when all the others do in town. And then if you plant it in the middle of winter, January, uh, whenever, it's now used to that cold. And so you can put it in the ground and just have, have success. So mainly that's going to be your landscapers, uh, contractors, professionals are doing that. I mean, we are landscaping. We are putting plants in the ground year round. There's not a month or week or day. We do not do that. And so we need to order all of those plants. So they 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 are on our cycle at this, this altitude. So they transition down into your landscape. So you don't have any transplant shock. If you're bringing a load of whatever evergreen, a pine tree, or, or a, uh, a, a euonymus, uh, whatever, a raphaeliptus, Indian hawthorns, and you bring that in midwinter, and it's coming from the another part of the country, it's not. It's going to freak out. It's just going to literally go, I can't deal with this. I'm going from 80 degrees to, it's going to be 38 today? No, I'm out. Uh, and so they if they transitioned with us they went into that cold these plants they'll go down to minus 20 degrees but they can't go from you know 80 degrees down to minus 20 just like that so you, so your garden centers are loading up with inventory it's a great time to choose mainly the winter mix lots of evergreens really lots of evergreens a few of the core you know, like lilacs, that kind of fruit trees. But mainly it's going to be lots of, of autumn color, but lots of evergreens because it's your winter mix. This is also when people start going, oh man, all the leaves are gone and my, my yard's naked. I need some evergreens. And so we got those. We can plant them for you. Plus, the living Christmas trees. Holidays are coming. Just we're loading up for that. Got a lot in store. Lisa Watersland coming in with your garden questions after this.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in
1: Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Purple Magic Crepe Myrtle.
0: You'll be wowed by the sheer amount and intensity of the purple blossoms that shadow this impressive bush.
1: Leaves emerge as bold red foliage in spring and then turn bright green just as the purple flowers erupt in summer.
0: It blooms twice, first in summer, then again in autumn. And at $39, you can have more than one in the gardens.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love to garden, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our timeless beauty desert willow tree.
0: Large, fragrant, burgundy, and lavender flowers appear in big, bold clusters all summer long.
1: This unique water selection is prized for its extra-long bloom time without the native seed pods.
0: The flowers are highly attractive to hummingbirds, 100% Arizona native,
1: and just $59. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their native plants to really bloom, they love to shop.
0: You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are in the studio with my favorite gal, my my lake buddy. Lake buddy. Lisa Waters Lane. Yeah. Uh, We just got off of Lake Powell together. Mm -hmm. It was just you and I. Yeah. We beach camped all the way up to the headwaters at height. Uh, Bullfrog Marina. We stayed at the Defiance House Lodge for a couple nights, and then we went down to the San Juan, to the headwaters of that. That's that's the lake. That's the river that comes from New Mexico and fills up Lake Powell. And then we went up to uh, we skipped Escalante because we've done that one before. Mm-hmm. Went down to uh, um, Lost Canyon or Last Chance Bay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a, a, Could be the same. Four hundred twenty-two sure. miles. That's a lot of the
1: water. So yes. a week and, and uh, saw lots of mm-hmm. I mean, coyotes swimming across the lake. Yeah, did I mean, we decide bats. it was
0: a coyote or a fox?
1: It, you know, you take, a, you take a thing that's wild with a big <laughs> thick coat, you put them in the water, they jump out, and they, they look way smaller. It They're was like,
0: wild. I actually see it swimming yeah.
1: in the water. Like, go like, into
0: its, It had a place it was going. Yep, it yep. wasn't like it fell in. It <laughs> yep. had a place it was going. It
1: was uh, the fish were boiling. Yes. So up lake especially, uh, past, uh, in between Escalante and Bullfrog, mm-hmm. the stripers were absolutely boiling. I mean, coming up out of the water, which is they're famous for in the fall, the, mm-hmm. the Chad. We came across Wilson Creek. The Chad were these little tiny feeder fish, like sardines. Mm-hmm. Schools of thousands. I mean. It's crazy. Huge schools, and yeah. they're jumping almost in the boat. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's was, it was magical. It was. You forgot the bats. Why, I had a, I had a horrific bat
0: experience. <laughs> it's
1: that fabulous gold hair you have. They, they like it as much as I do. If I were a bat, I'd be attracted to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's
0: okay. I'll get over it. I, I, would
1: we'll you get do it again? It. Minus Can the bats?
0: Oh, sure. Even the bats weren't bad. It's not like they got in my hair. They were just freaking me out because they were
1: flying really close to me. We were sleeping on the boat, so we got a just a walk through, runabout, just small boat, and so we were sleeping on that because it's just the two of us, and, and yeah. uh, so you get exposed to the wind was all ferocious a couple <laughs> days, but you know you tuck into a cove and mm-hmm. it's your own private secluded cove, I'm just you and your bats <laughs> and your minnows your, your chad your, your stripers. yeah it was, it was
0: an interesting crows. trip this time it was. we had mechanical issues no and don't mention
1: those but it was fun
0: we had to bring the boat good.
1: home cuz it was breaking down broke down 3 times i figured it out Yeah, we ran out of gas cuz the gas cage is off the port That's our motor story and we're sticking to it went down <laughs> and the starboard motor lost reverse and so i've got a couple of those figured out but i'm still I still have about a week's worth of work to it's part of owning stuff. stuff. You have an RV, you do that with RVs. You have guns, you do that with guns. You have fishing gear, you do it with fishing. You just have to keep maintain it. Mm-hmm. So, our thing is boating. We like boating. Yes, so garden questions.
0: Yes, garden questions. There's still stuff going on in I'll the garden, bet. definitely. Yeah. So, Maddie would like to know she pulled out some of her veggies out of her raised beds that were had lost their shine. Some squash, tomatoes, weren't producing. <laughs> they were dead is what was they happening, should... <laughs> not just lost their shine.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, she wants to know, can she throw those in the compost pile? Is that recommended? And second, before she puts in her fall veggies, does she need to refresh
1: the soil? Yeah, good, 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 really good questions. So you can compost all of those things. That's a great thing. Unless, now if it's had insects, I never add that to the compost pile. Or if it had mildew or, or any kind of fungal leaf spot, I would never add that to the compost pile. Anything that's diseased or had issues, you want to pick that up and add it to your trash can. Trash can. I was thinking <laughs> someone you don't like add it to their oh, compost that's not pile, nice. but you, but those things can come back at you. So you really don't want to. Have that coming back and repeating. Even though compost should heat up well enough. Will it heat up enough before next spring when you use it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So just throw it in the trash and get it away from you. If it's clean, it's been fine. It just kind of flosses luster. Compost it. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Freshening up the soil. Um, Plants use soil. In fact, container gardens. If you've got a rose you've been growing for quite a while or a tree or whatever uh, in, in a pot you'll actually see the soil will disappear. Raised beds, you'll see the soil will actually disappear. It's not blowing away. The plants are actually using the soil up. And so you do want to add some freshness to that soil. Not just some fresh potting soil, but you also want to add some nutrients, some good fertilizer. And so if you're doing vegetables, you're going to, right now you're putting your spinach, and lettuce, and kales, cabbages, and Brussels sprouts, and all the leafy things, they're going to do really well right now. Add them in, uh, but but add some fresh potting soil and use the Waters potting soil. If you're near the Prescott area, it is the best, most affordable soil made for here. It's a recipe the grower and I put together, and we've been perfecting it, tweaking it. Soils are kind of like a great cookie recipe. Mm-hmm. You play with it and get it just right, and then you find oh, this works.
0: Never touch it again.
1: Don't you really? You, you recipe, really don't. Yeah. It's got a 555 organic in there. It's just really, it's magical stuff. So you want to add some of that, turn it in all the old roots, pull that out. So that'll make some room for a little bit more freshness. And then when you get it all planted, sprinkle in some of the fruit and vegetable food. It's a food we made for you. Again, a special recipe, but it's a, it's a, it's all organic, but we've upped the calcium in that. So you've got substantial calcium, which will bring out the leaf thickness, the flavors of those winter vegetables. I would say it's good on fruit trees. They'll bring out more flower buds next spring. Uh, so just sprinkle all that in. After you get all done, water it in and watch things happen fast. Because your head lettuce, your romaines, your spinaches, those the, the Brussels sprouts will instantly get up to – you know, knee high and start putting Brussels sprouts on, uh, especially if you give them that, that formula, some more soil and some food, just plant it and go and watch them grow.
0: Oh, you're a poet. Didn't know it.
1: But my feet (laughs) show it. They're long Long. fellows. How old is
0: that, (laughs) Joe? oh my
1: gosh
0: <laughs> okay we'll let that one go from there so robert would like to know he has a maple that's about three years old it is starting to turn color he says isn't it too early um and if yeah. so you just let it go i mean sure
1: i mean it is autumn i mean autumn's next this coming week it's autumn so uh officially which things turn color in autumn now Uh, Your silver maples and your your autumn blaze type maples, Prescott blaze, Armstrong, Celebrations, matadors, they tend to turn color earlier. Your red maples, sugar maples, some of the hardwoods, they'll turn a little bit later. So it depends on the variety. Mm -hmm. You are starting, if he's up in Groom Creek or some higher elevation, it may be just just about time. Mm -hmm. Uh, If not, everyone's going to start turning within two weeks. All the maples will be in color. So that by the 1st of October, you're seeing color everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, October is our fall-colored month. Uh, so from oaks to maples to uh, ash and everything in between, uh, they're going to start turning color. We're seeing aspen starting to turn color now. Uh, it can be, if it's way before all your neighbors and you're like three weeks ahead of everyone else, it could be that it could be a stressed tree. That's grubs and gophers and your neighbors dump something poisonous in there, you use a weed killer wrong. Um, it could be that. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer not to think of it that way. It's just I don't have enough information. Yeah. If you're really concerned, bring a leaf sample in and we could, we could yeah. diagnose it with you and really let you know uh, what, what's going on with that. It's probably beneficial. If it's a larger tree, you've got some value there. It'd be worth coming in. We can at least tell you how to fertilize it and get it ready for spring, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: So, question for you. I was thinking about that. So, we're moving into autumn. If your trees are starting to turn, if you're Groom Creek, yeah. you're a little further ahead, do you start cutting back your watering when you see these trees starting to shut down for winter, or yeah. do you keep it the same?
1: Yeah, good, good. Uh, no, you keep it through until it's completely... Uh, shed its leaves. So what happens is it's still actively, it's actively growing right now. It's just not growing where you see it. It's growing underneath the ground. So it's bringing all those carbohydrates down into the structure of the plant. And it's, root, it's storing those in the root structure. Well, the last thing you want to do is give it surrounded by a bunch of dry, crusty soil. And so you want to keep that watering up through October, through the fall color, and then you cut it off. So there's no risk of you losing your your uh, backflow preventers or, or valves, uh, because we're not going to freeze hard until really mid into November. Then you want to really get into it. So yeah, keep keep watering. Don't don't cut back yet, even though it's going into fall color. Great question this week, Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries
1: ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food.
0: This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops.
1: Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever. And just $27 for a 20-pound bag.
0: Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only
1: at Waters Garden Center. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's Expo is September 21 from 830 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. If you're a man, it's free.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two Ts, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: Now I need to just get something out on the table for you folks. Uh, Some of you... Some of you are terrible gardeners. I don't know. You need to be listening to this show more. Let me tell you. And the number one thing I've seen this week, I'm tired of new gardeners coming into my garden center telling me that I don't have good plants because they killed them because of lack of water. I mean, you just, you got to up your game, folks, on watering. Come on. You can't just put it on a drip system, expect a plant to live on a quart of water, (laughs) A week it doesn't work that way, and then no one's willing to take ownership going no it 's all your fault not me i 'm going no you're an idiot you have no clue how to garden in this elevation come on, get wake up man wake up, and they don 't want to be helped so ah thank you I feel better. I just had three or four folks hit me all all this week on and and they're looking at me going i've got decades decades of gardening selling plants in the area and they 're telling me it's my, I have issues? You've got to be kidding me, folks. Not everyone, so just I'm not, so not, not offending everyone, just some of you need to figure out how to water. And here, let me just tell you real quick. You should be watering brand new things twice a week, only two times for shrubs and trees and vines, deeper rooted things. Flowers are different, a new, you know, Spinach patch or strawberry patch. Okay, those are shallow-rooted things. You obviously you got to water those more, and they're more talkative. They'll tell you a pansy is. A, they'll tell you when they're tired. They'll lay down. A pine tree. They're not going to tell you when they're th- when they're thirsty. They're going to just shed their leaves and they'll be dead, just like that. There's no forgiveness. You have to get this right with your with your, your landscape. You water water a brand new spruce tree a brand new fruit tree, a new hedgerow of Arizona cypress, whatever it is. If it's a tree, shrub, or vine, you want to water them two times per week. And a deep soak, you need to know how long, how much water that plant, that irrigation system is is putting out there. In fact, I would say put the drip system, put that new plant on your drip system, which you're going to do anyway. Let it run with the rest of the yard because that's what you're going to do anyway. And then go out by hand and hand water it the second time. Give it a good deep soak. And so, if that tree's got a 18-inch root ball, I've got boxes, box instant, you know, 10, 15, 20-foot trees with four-inch trunks on them. These are instant trees. Those boxes are two, two and a half feet deep. You need that water to go two, two and a half feet down into, through that root ball. And so an inch of water on top of the surface of, the, of that planting soil, of that garden landscape, will penetrate about six inches of soil. And so if you've got a 24-inch a box, 24, two-foot deep soil, then you're going to need to have about four inches of water penetrating down into that soil. So if you've got any less than that, you are leaving that plant where it will not root past past that water line. You you want to water that entire root zone plus a little bit more. I mean, you really got to up your game on this. I've seen too many folks struggling. Just they're coming in from areas that have never used micro-irrigation or drip irrigation, and they're just dumbfounded by, you got to leave the system on for two, three, four, five hours? Yes, you do. You have to do that because it's so efficient. It's, I mean... A drip emitter on average runs about one gallon of water per hour. You left it on for an hour, it's one gallon. Yet this 24-inch box needs about 24 gallons a week. So you you just got to change your thinking with this. If you need help, come talk to us. And we've got water guides. But whatever you do, don't blame me for you killing your plants. I'm tired of people doing that. I'm a really smart gardener. I'm really good at it. And I'm offended when you come into my store and tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Come on. uh, Please. Anyway. I feel better. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. But get water, water correctly. It's all about water. And you want to keep that water through October. The growing season is from April 1 through October 30. That's the official at all elevations of the mountains. All elevations, October 1 through, that's when the daffodils are coming up, forsythias are in bloom. It's spring. Through, uh, really, the first part of November, October, our our, la, our our first frost date on average, at least here in Prescott, Arizona, is October 29th. We generally use Halloween as the date. Well, you can go... A little frost doesn't hurt anything. It's the hard freeze that gets you. So really you want to keep things going and hydrate them before you turn that drip drip system off and drain it. You want to really hydrate them well. And then you want to continue watering through winter, especially brand new things. So I'd say break out, water them by hand two times a month. Pick a nice day, even in January, February. Pick a nice day. Go out when you just want to eat some fresh air go water those new that new spruce tree that new hedgerow that new lilac and and just water them through winter we just are so mild here that plants are still using water and they aren't truly frozen locked in place like the midwest does so they'll need to have some irrigation to get through and form that nice flower bud or new leaf growth or new candle growth for spring it's important so come in and ask for help if you need more with that we love helping folks water correctly in their landscape be right back
0: the mountain gardener your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations Guaranteed to make
1: a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Waters with this week's Plant of the Week and our Black Satin Blackberries.
0: A thornless, milky smooth blackberry that loves the Arizona sun and produces the most deliciously sweet, deep blackberries.
1: Soft pink flowers cover the nimble canes and then yield hordes of the most delicious, juicy blackberries a gardener could hope for.
0: Ready to plant in just $19 and only found at Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
1: Where people who love to grow the sweetest berries love to shop.
0: Hi, water's with the plants of the week and our Black
1: Lace Elderberry. Tense purple foliage is finely cut for a dramatic effect. Creamy pink flowers contrast nicely with the purple leaves. The red berries are edible and make delicious elderberry wine, jams, or just left on the bush to attract birds.
0: A dramatic accent or planted as a trouble-free, head-high hedge and just $17.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love their elderberries, they love to shop.
0: You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week and just shares another garden perspective. Just what else is going through her artistic style it's different than mine, and you get ten gardeners in a room. You'll get bound to get twelve different ideas of how best to have that Lance, prepare the soils and get this. What kind of texture should have? What kind of mixture of plants? So it's valuable. I have Lisa, here, welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So lots going on in the garden. <laughs> I notice yeah. we have lots of empty pots in our yard. Do guess what we I'm doing some holes. this week? <laughs> you are going to be pansies. The first load of pansies the snapdragons look amazing. So there's a whole series of plants that that go you plant now that last through winter and I'm sure mm-hmm. that's what you're doing.
0: That is what I'm doing this week. You're yes, out, out of town, so I
1: and we're the pots. Yeah, and, yeah, I'll try to get the soil ready for you if I can. Okay. So if I can't,
0: <laughs> I can't do it, I'll bring it myself. Bring home a bag you for go. you.
1: If I can't do that, go get it yourself. That is true. <laughs> so I can do that. What kind of garden inspiration do you have for us? so
0: it kind of goes right along those same thoughts. I I guess maybe my into pots made me think about it. But this is a time of year where you can put in um, a lot of people from other parts of the country, and they don't think about fall gardening. So putting in your veggies and that kind of stuff. So I thought I would cover herbs that are actually perennial herbs that do wonderful here and do nicely in the fall. And also some vegetables that are terrific uh, fall producers and do quite well in this area. And people great. don't think – it; they always think spring gardening, spring, 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 or summer tomatoes, blah, blah, blah. But we have a great fall season here for putting in vegetables, especially leafy vegetables.
1: Uniquely Arizonan. So your, your summer plants are those things that form a fruit, watermelons and pumpkins and tomatoes and cucumbers, your cool season plants are things you're harvesting: the stems, the leaves, or the flowers. that would be Brussels sprouts and cauliflower and uh, broccoli and lettuce and spinach and kale, and it goes on and on. Strawberries mm-hmm. are, can all go in now. Of course, the veggies, there's yeah. our, the uh, herbs, lots of evergreens like uh, yeah. rosemaries and now, that's all great. Don't be my thunder. Oh, sorry, here. Yep, just. <laughs> but if you're from the Midwest, you just don't grasp. You right. know, oh no, we're we're getting ready for uh You know eight foot frost lines because we're mm-hmm. from Minnesota right. or Chicago or Indiana or anywhere in the midwest that's mm-hmm. what you do right. uh, here we just don't get a frost line. I mean most of us I mean flagstaff sometimes does white mountains some they get more snow than they do frost line so that's this is great oh yeah. So, yeah so
0: and the great thing about those uh whether herbs or veggies, you can grow them in containers. Uh, raised beds or actually in your vegetable garden or indoors even even indoors windowsills
1: and Mm -hmm. houseplants
0: right so they do equally well very versatile so I thought I'd hit the herbs or herbs first um We've got two different sages in right now that I just absolutely love. Most people are used to the the herb sage. It's just that green leaf one. Mm -hmm. They make one that's a purple leaf, and they make one that's called tricolor sage, which is kind of a green, white, or cream, and kind of a pinkish tone to it. I love those sages. Um, I don't know how they are in food because I'm not a cook, which you can attest to, but I love the way they look in your containers or out in your yard. Just not really nice, pretty colors. Great to mix with the oreganos, which is another nice, hearty perennial. Um, thyme, which is you can do creeping times, English thyme, lemon. I mean, all the thymes do really, really well here. Nice to mix together. They all like sunny, well-drained spots. So you can do them in containers with good soil out in your, your perennial beds, all of that. Just give them a really nice, good, sunny spot to grow in.
1: I'm having a hard time with our time. <laughs> hard time with it? Yeah. Uh, Mainly because it's reseeding coming up everywhere. Oh, it is. So it's spreading. We've got a time lawn, so yeah. full on lawn, nothing but time. Evergreen, low water. And we, we hardly care for it. And it's just robust. Mm-hmm. And it still wants a seed and come up in the pavers yeah. between the cracks, wants, wants to jump across the driveway, come in the rose beds. And come on. Just stay within your bounds. Right. Uh, but it's just so happy here. It just I was does so say, well. I
0: think um, oregano does the same thing. Oregano like comes up everywhere, but you can control it. But it's yeah. happy and hardy here and does terrific. Oregano yeah, actually makes it. a good ground cover.
1: You've got uh, rabbits and yeah. deer and javelina and antelope. They're not going to eat thyme or herbs, herbs in general.
0: Right, right. The other one we got in that I've never really grown, but I think I'm going to try it this year, is winter savory. So it's a good herb to dry, and you mix it with other herbs. So you mix it with oregano or you mix it with thyme. Um, I don't think you really use it by itself much, but I thought, oh, it looks really cool. And I'm thinking it would be good in a salad, too. Mm. Not sure. But I think fresh and I think salad. stevia
1: would be better in a salad. Stevia. Or in tea or in...
0: No. Savory,
1: sounds delicious. Sounds savory. <laughs> sounds like you put it in a saute or something. <laughs> Just like the bubbles up and uh, makes everything yeah. more delicious.
0: I don't know. Look kind of pretty. And of course, we have the rosemaries and the lavenders. Yeah. Great
1: perennials for here. Wonderful, wonderful herbs. We grow lavender in containers of all things. Mm-hmm. And they get... Magnificent, the huge. Thing,
0: they do the thing with lavender. I get people asking me all the time, Lisa, I have killed my lavender. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, we'll have to rewater it every day. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, that's your problem. They like a nice, sunny, sunny spot and they don't want to be overwatered.
1: Yeah, they like to be treated like a tree. So, water it, I give it a lot of water twice a week mm-hmm. and then let it go dry let it breathe in between and that's the secret to great lavender that's why they do swell in containers mm-hmm. containers just naturally drain because the soil the potting soil you're using generally in a container is, is, drains really well mm-hmm. and just lavenders love that a raised bed with right. lots of good rich soil They're going to love that. That's where they're going to thrive. Definitely. So some of the veggies that
0: are your fall or cool season veggies, some of the ones that I really like are the lettuces that are actually colored. So they're not just your basic green lettuce looking at you. They have multicolors or reds. There's a new red fire lettuce, which is a great leafy lettuce, beautiful red color. I actually really, in containers... I love the red romaine because it's uh, uh, more upright, so it holds its structure really, really well. So it's a great one to mix into your containers and put some uh, violas or pansies in with it as well. It makes a really pretty and usable container
1: that you can have. I can tell you, folks, if you tuned in, this is how Lisa thinks. Ooh, that's a pretty plant, and that would go with this color pansy. And this kind of texture of kale, and we may or may not harvest any of it, <laughs> but it's pretty, and we just like it in containers because it just goes. So we don't define things as we don't keep them locked into just this is a vegetable or this is an herb or this. We it's got to be pretty first. It's got to go together in this style, and then we, if we want to, we can go out and harvest it, or we might give it all to you. I don't know, yeah. but I only like iceberg lettuce. <laughs> That's true. That's why you're weird. <laughs>
0: Um, the other one that I really like is the Swiss chard. One of my favorite Swiss chards is the rainbow Swiss chard. And I like that because the stems are, they could be yellow, they could be orange, they could be red, they could have some green to them, or all all four or five colors in, in the same plant, in the same pot. So I just really, especially in the fall, I just love that bringing that color out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so another one that's terrific to go in containers or the ground.
1: I would say too for for the bird gardeners. If you're feeding your birds, if you just like to have more birds, Swiss chard we put in the backyard mainly for the birds because it gets pretty tall, maybe mm-hmm. two feet tall, big long stems like you're saying. But some of your smaller birds will use that as a food source because it's evergreen. It'll right through the winter. Right, it keeps its foliage. They're using that as a food source, and you'll see them pecking holes in the foliage and yeah. going, "Have at it, guys!" Right. I planted it. Just for you. Yeah. Enjoy. Just don't get the front yard Swiss chard. Those are for, those are for us.
0: So kale, all your kales do excellent. Uh, spinach. We're big spinach. Well, I'm a big spinach user in my smoothies. So spinach is another one you can definitely put in. And your beets. The bull's oh, blood beets. Blood, yeah. Bull's blood beets. Yeah, bull's check blood yeah I can't beets. say
1: it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> come see the beets. <laughs> Great suggestions on of veggies and herbs you can plant now and harvest right through winter. Mm-hmm. I get that right? You got it. Thank you, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. will be right back after this. Look
0: for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com.
1: High waters with the plants of the week and our local chase tree.
0: Fragrant lilac blooms cover this tree that can also be pruned into a tall bush and blooms all summer long.
1: No special skills needed for this bloomer. Easy to grow, heat loving, low water user and disease free.
0: These are really nice bushes for $39. We also have very tall trees in bloom for an impressive $120.
1: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love local blooming trees, they love to shop.
0: Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Little Janie Gara.
1: Little Janie is a charmer with flowers that float above this 15-inch plant.
0: The fluorescent pink flowers will wow the hummingbirds with Janie's charm as well.
1: Hummingbirds throughout the neighborhood will visit your plants. They're just so popular and only $14.
0: She thrives in hot, dry gardens and only found
1: at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love their native plants to be beautiful and hassle-free, they love. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips,
0: tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: Now some of your homes out there, you go up and down your, your street and you just go, Whoa, look at that. That house is glorious. Or in some yards, you kind of look at it and go, whoa, uh, have they moved in? Or have they ever lived here? It just looks unlived in. you has got clay pots. Uh, we have one house in our, in our yard, our neighborhood, that has just big red Italian clay pots, lots of them, in the front yard. Sterile rock, three-quarter inch minus gray. Uh, gray driveway, beige house with these six pots nothing's ever been planted in there. It's the most boring thing. I don't even think anyone lives there. It's probably a second home from someone out of the valley or something. They come up twice a year to get out of the heat. And that's it. I don't know. Uh, but you can just tell, ugh, it's lacking something. Some are, you know, like our our road, I think three of us have been on the garden tour. So just really beautiful Whatever the style, you know, all of our houses in the same neighborhood, they're going to be about the same size. Yeah, you might have an extra bathroom. You might have quartz, You might have whatever kind of countertop. But basically, a neighborhood is sort of the same. They've got standards for that neighbor. That development went in at the same time, and that was the style. And so it's not the inside of the house that makes your house stand out. It's the outside, especially as you come and you go. That first initial Statement as you as you walk up to that front door, you go, "Whoa, this is great!" It could be the front door actually makes a statement. It could be the containers or the plants or the or the furniture that you have out there. It could. There's lots of things that bring that together. At, at our house, we've got this. We've pulled up that staggered, just gray slab they poured right to the front door, so we have gray driveway to the gray door to the gray. It's just I jackhammered all that out of there. And we put pavers in. So we've got two types, two styles of red brick. It's like a red red brick going to the front door. It feels like I'm Wizard of Oz stuff. You just are welcomed and on either side of that are a standard tumbled um, type of patio. So it's got this courtyard, private, secret garden feel and water's running over the edge. And magnolias are blooming and containers of flowers are everywhere. You just go, ah. Oh. This just feels good. Coming down the driveway, you've got a rose garden over to the right. That's just it's the it's the property line, but there there's always something blooming over there. It just feels good, and so and then you go down the steps to the backyard. and It just has this herb garden that you just feel through, and it's lit up. It's got welcome signs because we love to host parties, and anyone that wants to slip out or those that come in late, they feel awkward knocking on the front door and going through the house and down the stairs and out the back. Well, they can just come down these stairs. We've got this welcome A huge pot, a ginormous clay pot with rosemaries coming out of it and, and salvias spilling over the edge. Uh, Our our pillar on one side of of that gate, the other side are just herbs. Every step has got a different herb, culinary herbs. We go pick those, but it feels good. It smells good. You just want to open up into the backyard. You go, wow. In the backyard, it's nothing but uh, kind of like gardens of babylon just there's different tiers because it's such a steep grade and the soil is terrible to garden in i basically had to create lots of raised beds you're walking down these to the back patio where this huge patio just can entertain 20 30 40 people at a time with fire pits and hot tubs and built-in grills it just you can overlook the dells it's just beautiful Your house should feel like that for you personally, but then also for your guests. And that's what really stands out. That's what great landscape design does for you. That's where placing those trees just right focuses the eye on that great vista you have, cuts down the wind so you can enjoy that backyard patio, cuts down the sun on the front where it would be just a hot, unbearable space, but with the right trees, it just becomes you just want to sit down and sip a glass of iced tea and go, ah, you and the hummingbirds. And so that's what, that's what it should feel like with the great landscape. The right landscape brings out the architecture of your home and makes it feel more like a home. So I would say it starts at the front driveway. When you come in, what do you see? You should see the driveway door, which is kind of boring. They're just big old gigantic door, even a custom one. It's just a big old gigantic door uh, that goes up and down automatically. You can park in, park out. I've got so much stuff. i got to park out because I can't get any more stuff in. So it's always the same. But to, to have pillars, have a big pot on either side of that garage door It's just beautiful. We've got Nandina, Heavenly Bamboo, something evergreen. Right now we've got Potato Vine at the base of that. They're so magnificent. You can't see these two, three-foot tall pots. They're just all plants. You're going, whoa, that's pretty cool. That's a memory. That's something you memorize. You go, whoa, I've never seen that before. Isn't that neat? You, You go back and go, that's the house with the Potato Vine and the big pots by the garage doors. They've got the great big Nandinas and a flag flying out in front. Then you go from there to the front door. That should feel right. That should feel green. Most folks don't have enough plants. So they've got too much rock to their plants. And so it feels dusty, it feels dirty, it feels like you want to wipe your feet off or something before you go indoors, even though it's all pavers. And so the general rule is this is just landscape design 101. This is you go to college. For four years in landscape design for this one formula, 60% of all of the surface that on that map of your property, 60% of it should be covered in some sort of plant. Now, if a tree is coming up and it's got a 20, 30-foot spread, all that space underneath that tree counts. But your rooftop does not. So if you get that formula off, if you go only 40% as plants, and sixty percent is hardscape or patios or fencing or decking or it feels off. It goes, oh, it just feels feels dirty or dry or, or like it feels too hot or I just don't want to be here. If you get it too much, if you go seventy, eighty percent, it feels too jungle, like what? Do they never do they never clean up? Do they never do they never what, they couldn't stop planting? So that you wanna get that sixty percent right. So as you walk up a container full of plants, that counts. A time lawn, so we've got a time lawn. It's probably not that big, three four hundred feet. It's small enough for the dogs to roll around in and just have fun, and it feels good. Some Russian sage are blooming out by the street. Some we've, we want it to be private, so we don't want you to look down into our yard because the street is above us. Uh, so we want to sit out there and just feel secluded. So it's a secret garden. So we've got a false wall with a fountain in front of it and some uh, magnolias behind it blooming. We've got uh, Spartan junipers. We use that as a living wall, so so people walking by can't just look down at us. And in front of that, we've got another layer of Russian sage, not just any sage. We've got lacy blue Russian sage, a dwarf variety that blooms longer, doesn't get as floppy, and it's less maintenance, doesn't get as big, not as weedy. Then in front of that, we've got something even smaller, autumn sage, which are just this whole wall of red and then whole wall of... Uh, Blue sage, and then this whole wall of green of of the Spartan junipers, then it spills out to flowers and thyme lawns. That's a great feeling when you walk to the front yard. The backyard's got a, it's more native. It's more uh, um, drought-hardy, so very low care. But lots of tears because it's just so hard to to grow anything back there, especially natives. Hard soil with native plants, the, I mean, the the heavy clay just kills them off. So we took what was naturally there, cleaned them up, and then added to them. So the cliff rose, we added some tiger eye sumacs. That accents the pond and the waterfalls. So just one well, of that noise of of that sound, that soothing sound as you are out there entertaining, having a barbecue or, or roasting marshmallows over the fire pit. You wanted you wanted that sound. A huge juniper, ginormous, hundreds of years old, cleaned it up so we could actually see the trunk. And then we uplit the trunk and downlit the art that's hanging underneath. So we've got a girl that's on a swing, just made of bronze, swinging underneath this. It looks eerie with the downlighting, but it makes a statement. You remember it, you're going, whoa. That's pretty cool as you're roasting another hot dog. And then lots of containers. We have lots of pots for flowers. So instead of putting a a railing up on our negative edged patio, it's got maybe five foot drop off. uh, We use pots to kind of keep the grandkids back. And so you should have, it should feel right. And that, that secret is 60%. And then having each of your seasons, something looking good Every all four seasons of spring blooming, summer blooming, fall color, and winter evergreen. You need to get that balance right. If you ever need help with that, we've got professionals that that's all they do is design landscapes. Glad to come out to your to walk the property and help you figure it out.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest,
1: sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food.
0: This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops.
1: Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag.
0: Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at
1: Waters Garden Center. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year is full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery, bull riding, and axe throwing. Ladies, yeah, you heard me right. This is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a God that uniquely loves each one of us. This year's Expo is September 21 from 830 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. If you're a man, it's free.
0: You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang.
1: Now I was helping a good friend, uh, a lodge buddy that just was doing a new landscape. He's got a landscaper coming in and he wants to get it all done and felt the stress and get it all completed and and while the landscaper's on and he's going to come over and pick some more trees and... Going oh oh so that's okay you don't have to put that kind of stress on yourself you'll have a stroke uh, the key with landscapers get all that heavy lifting done the irrigation end all that rock slung the patios put in place you can always add another tree or a shrub or a privacy screen it's easy to add that in later even though all the rock is down I mean if we come out we've got huge tarps wheelbarrows. Uh, we keep things super clean. We're not going to mess up all the rock when you're planting. Uh, So, so I I don't think you have to have it all planned out right now. I think you need to have it the 60% level figured out all the hardscape, all that, the, the heavy lifting stuff done. You can always accessorize and add some other stuff. If you are love flowers, have them put a bed in just for you, flowers. And you can go plant the flowers yourself. That's what flower gardeners like to do. If you're a vegetable gardener, have a, have a section of raised beds just for vegetables, just for you. And they don't have to plant those. They got all the soil in though. They got all the block in. They got all the... And then you can go add some plants yourself. You can do that. And so I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to make sure it's just right. Most gardens, you know, a new home with a new landscape, quite honestly, is kind of like your living room. It takes a season or two. You know, you're putting the sofa around over here and the TV. I thought it'd be perfect over the fireplace, but now we burn the fireplace too much. It's too bright and I want it over here. I'd rather be my back to the heat. You just, you're moving that room around a little bit while you're trying to figure out how to nest inside this new, new space. A garden can be very much the same way. You go, no, oh, I wish I'd added another evergreen. There's not quite enough. It's winter and things defoliated and I just, I'm not used to dealing with all this fall foliage and I want more evergreens. And so you can add a few more of those in January, February, March, whenever it's okay uh, to, to, to do that. So you don't have to have it all honed in just right now. I'm giving you permission to add a little bit at a time. Most of our planting customers, we're at their house three, four times. The crew will come out, plant a few things, come back. They'll go ponder for three, four months. We're coming back out. That's a normal thing, I think. Uh, so I think that's okay. We teach a lot of this at our weekly garden classes. And so there's every week we have, every Saturday, we have a garden class. Today it was uh, uh, the top 10 evergreens for the mountain landscapes. Next week it's how do you plant successfully? There's a technique that really works for mountain soils. And then there's some that just fail miserably or struggle more. We go over how to really do that, which plants, You how do you plant each variety of plant. Then uh, October 5th, the first Saturday in October, gardening for newcomers. It's, it's, a, it's always packed. And so then it keeps going to autumn color, top 10 trees. It keeps going through fall. Uh, come, they're free. We want you to be a better gardener. You can take a look at all of those classes at watersgardencenter.com, uh, go figure. And there's a huge button that says classes. Guess where the classes are, right there. So you just pop that in. Now you can look at all of them. Facebook, it's under events, you know, Facebook forward slash Waters Garden Center. It's under right right there for you. So again, free, we want you to be better gardeners. We're averaging 20, 30 people to a class and they're all gardeners interested in plants. That's really, it's just fun to hang out with folks like that. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center, and we love helping local gardeners and fans of the show. Hi, Ken. The Plants of the Week in our plumbtastic muley grass.
0: Glittering clouds of vivid purple plumes emerge in late summer and persist through the end
1: of the year. It's a natural and showing off all its glory right now at the garden center.
0: A superb hillside plant, especially when situated so that the plumptastic flowers are backlit by the Arizona sunset. All for just thirty-six dollars.
1: Waters Garden Center, eighteen fifteen Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love plumtastic grass, they love to shop. The Get Real Men's Expo is dedicated to spiritual guys of all faiths. This year's full of exotic cars, motorcycles, and competitions filled with guys young and old in archery bull riding and axe throwing ladies yeah you heard me right this is a great father-son event that creates memories and motivates men to reconnect with their community and a god that uniquely loves each one of us this year's speaker is comedian dennis swanberg noted as america's minister of encouragement dennis is funny really funny and motivational when it comes to living your faith like a man the Get Real Men's Expo, where drones, tomahawks, and food trucks rained from 8:30 to 11, then comedian Dennis Swanberg cracks us up as fathers, husbands, and sons at 11. Prescott Tire Pro is a major sponsor of this event. September 21st, from 8:30 to 1 at Yavapai College in Prescott. The Get Real Men's Expo. If you're a man, it's free.
0: Hi, Lisa, with the finds of the week and our Forester Feathergrass.
1: Dramatic bronze flower spikes start blooming in early summer and don't stop until well into next year.
0: The flowers are so light and airy it's often referred to as feather grass.
1: Growing to just hip high, this dainty grass shows off enough to make a designer statement without being invasive. All for under $30.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love really pretty grass, they love to shop.